This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then. All right, Houston, Houston, welcome, welcome. Here we are. This is Gilbert Garcia, tip from Gilbert. I'm going to let a little bit of this song play, Mr. Producer, because this is the year 2022. And so whenever I think about a new year, I think about all the memories of last year. And this is an incredible song by Paul Anka. And again, we'll play it in its entirety at the end. And the most amazing thing about it is when it was first written, it was a Kodak commercial. And then Paul Anka said, this is, we're onto something here. And then he issued it as a single, and that's what we used to have in the day, a small record called a single, and it became a smash hit. And it's beautiful. It starts with, good morning yesterday, you wake up and time has slipped away. And suddenly it's hard to find the memories you left behind. Remember, do you remember the times of your life? We'll play it more at the end, Mr. Producer. And so I want to say uh, thank you to Houston for reaching out to me. You know, it finally happened. I got COVID. And I can tell you that I'm a survivor. Uh, and, you know, you got to say that these days because so many people have had COVID around the world. And so many people have had a very difficult time. For me, I'll just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it was a first three days was significant fever and chills. And you know how it is when you lay in your bed and all of a sudden you wake up and, and you have this alarm to wake and you're all sweaty and your pillow sweaty. Well, that's how it was. And then after the first three days, the next six days or so was just achy and lethargic. I didn't have a lot of appetite. And boy, I feel like I slept like Rip Van Winkle. Sarah, I think I slept more in those uh, 10, 11 days than I've slept in like 10 or 11 months. So it was just very, very interesting, and praise the Lord that we got through it, and I got through it, and so many people are getting through it. But again, it comes down to Houston, please get vaccinated. And I was vaccinated, and I had my booster. And some people say, you see, you can still get it even if you're vaccinated. Well, that's true, but that's not the point. The point is to be able to get through it without being hospitalized, without having a ventilator, and without losing your life. That's what it's about. It's about getting it through so we can learn to live with it like we live with the common cold and we live with the flu. So again, everybody, please get vaccinated. And we are here, I hear a little bit of feedback there, Mr. Producer. Uh, we are here with a tip from Gilbert, talk, inspiration, and prayer. We're on every Monday, 11 to 11.45, and that's why the last two episodes have, if you've noticed, have been somewhat repeats, because I was down and out for 12 days. I missed Christmas. I missed my son's birthday, and I could hear everybody laughing and having a grand old time but me. But some of those things happen, and the Lord 
put air in my lungs today, and here I am, and I'm very grateful. We'll play more about that song, but this is, again, a tip from Gilbert, talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 on KWWJ. Keep walking with Jesus, 1360 AM, 96.9 FM, and I have a guest of ours, and this is sort of completing my road trip to El Salvador. I know we had a whole episode on El Salvador. I wanted to have a guest here because I was very impressed with this young man. His name is Eduardo Luis Pastora. And when you look at these countries, you think this image of, well, they've got a long way to go, and maybe they do. But you have so many of these young Latinos, just like their president, that are energetic, they're in their 30s and 40s. They're trying to really do all these incredible things with their country. And it's phenomenal. And I know that El Salvador is just one of many. And they are trying to attract capital with very aggressive tax incentives. So, Eduardo Luis, are you there, my friend? Hello, Gilbert. How are you? How are you? Again. And you know, this is this is amazing technology today because we can I see know, you, and you and you and you look all like clean shaven like you just got your hair cut and everything you're looking good unlike me i look like oh i've no, had no, covid I, for a long time I, I know i know but i'm really glad that you are a survivor as you said and uh, that you're well and that you are starting this year for big opportunities to come yes well let me ask you this i was really amazed about el salvador how it would what now your family has been very prominent in el salvador for many years and we'll talk about your family and your family's business but let me ask you this um do you attribute a lot of this excitement to the new president or what's happening that all of a sudden they're trying to attract capital and there's all these incredible things bitcoins an accepted currency now in the country i mean what what do you attribute a lot of this to Yes, I mean, um, two years ago, we had the election of Nayib Bukele, which is our current president, and he completely transformed politics in El Salvador. I mean, he didn't come from the traditional backgrounds of the traditional parties that came out of the civil war. So that was uh, a seismic shift that people said, you know, we're going to have a break with the past and then we're gonna clean sweep the entire political class. And then Nayib Bukele, he sold many things as hope for people. So he came with new ideas. He founded his party with that slogan, new ideas, in order to differentiate himself from a break from the past. And that's what has created a lot of international attention from, for El Salvador. His things to do are unorthodox. So that creates a lot of noise with people that are not used to this. So well, and uh, and, that, that, and that's what's been happening throughout the last two and a half years that he's been in power. I think that's incredible. And you know, if you look at the city of Houston, you know, I think we're at an inflection point ourselves where people are thinking what we need here is some leadership that's going to be different. There's a lot of things going on in Houston. There's been all kinds of either scandals, alleged scandals, and all kinds of things going on, whether it's the city, the county, HISD, all kinds of things. Mm. And, you know, I, I think it's been, it's very refreshing to hear the concept of new ideas, new hope, new energy. And that's probably something we should look at here in the city of Houston. So I, I thank you for sharing that. Let me ask you this. So you were educated, though, in London. Is that correct? 
Yes, yes, that's right. Did, did, um, did you did you always know you were going to go back home to El Salvador? Or did you ever think, well, who knows? Maybe I could become a, a you know a quote unquote a, a Westerner, uh, you know, uh, in the UK or something. Yeah. Well, actually, one of my my intentions to go to London was because I studied in a British school here in El Salvador. So there's a lot of uh, American schools that were founded by the Department of Education. But there was another element of the British Department of Education that had a school here. So it was a natural choice for me to go abroad and do my studies there. But at the moment, I, when I went to London, I, I always thought that there was lots of opportunities in El Salvador. The reason is that many of the things, we are very close to the US. Um, our time zone is really convenient to doing business. And my family background as well is, is, is really entrepreneurship. So I had the idea of coming back and to help build the family business into what it is today. Uh, so I came back after my studies in London for four years. I, I came back to El Salvador almost seven years ago. And we've transformed what the things have in El Salvador and bringing the ideas we learn in, in the UK and bring them here to in order to develop all that. I think that's phenomenal. And do you think what's happening in El Salvador is happening to some of your neighboring countries, whether it's Honduras, Guatemala? I mean, is this happening in other parts of Central America? Well, right now, it's uh, well, El Salvador is quite uh, unique in the in the political experience and economic as well. Um, there's a lot of tensions uh, with the regional. Uh, governments with Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. We are surrounded by governments have been questioned by corruption scandals, um, autocratic uh, principles as well. So, but El Salvador right now has been a shining beacon of, with, in many respects. But I, one thing that I could um, single out is the management of the pandemic. Because right now, uh, El Salvador is one of the countries that has low cases. The population is extremely vaccinated. Right now, 72% of the population is already vaccinated. And That's around 72%? 72%, yeah. How did that happen? That probably is higher than the here in the U.S. How did that happen? Well, the government, at the start of the pandemic, they did a lot of information campaigns. At the start of, the, of 2020, they already knew that a new virus was coming, so they informed the population, and they they were straight with people. They said, you know, this virus is going to affect everyone. You have to be careful. You have to take all the precautions. And so they started early. I think that was one of the advantages of the government. They started early, and they prepared themselves. Apart from doing really early deals with the pharmaceutical companies, like AstraZeneca and Pfizer, they started to build a new hospital with with a with a thousand ICU beds in order to prepare for those waves of people that were coming. And at the beginning, he President Bukele was criticized because of that, because oh, it is is a waste of money. I mean, pandemic is gonna last a few months, so he's spending the money unwisely. But he's been proven right. He's been proven right. And he built a new hospital with lots of ICU beds. 
And uh, I think the prepare he did with, and not just this hospital, I mean, the entire health system, he refurbished hospitals, he brought new equipment, he trained all the nurses, doctors, and all that. So it's been the entire health system, not just one thing, one, one project. So I think the dual, the dual way he managed the pandemic with the vaccines and the preparedness of the health system is what has become right now highly regarded for El Salvador. That is phenomenal. Okay, I have to ask you this question only because, you know, here I am. I've never been to London. I've never been to the UK. <laughs> is it just like Harry Potter everywhere? I mean, is it just all this? I mean, I just want to know. Is it just like Harry Potter? Am I going to go over there and see, you know, uh, Ron Weasley and all, you know, is it all that mysteriousness of Harry Potter? Tell me well, what maybe, it's like. Maybe, maybe you'll find Hagrid around an alley. <laughs> Am I going to see Hagrid around? <laughs> I yeah, mean, maybe, I, I, I want to go. And, and does it just, you know, I don't know, is it dark all the time? Is it rain all the time? I mean, you hear these things. Uh, tell us about just what is life like over there? Well, you know, as, as you know, London is one of the capitals of the world. I mean, it's such a cosmopolitan a city that you find people from every part of the world and that creates a, a really nice mentality because you're really open to cultures and i think that's one of the things that is being lost right now in the last few years in the us and in other western countries that we are we have become quite just introverts you know and, and a, bit, a bit nationalistic rather than looking abroad so london is is a fantastic city uh, in Excellent. that respect. And weather-wise, you know, it, many people think that it's rainy all the time, um, that it's cold. What I can say that it is cold, <laughs> but it, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't rain as much as it would rain in El Salvador. But it's, it, it's a really nice city and uh, it's a lot of culture. And that's what I really liked and that's why I decided to go to London. Because um, apart, because in in London you can find history everywhere you go. Well, you let me just say this for 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 everyone that's been tuning in here. If you got something to say good about London, just put it on there. Let's, we just want to know about it. <laughs> I think we have a caller. Do we have a caller there, Miss Miss Producer? Yes. Who's that? Molly. Oh, let's put her in. Let's put her in. And as you get him, tell send it to me. So Eduardo, we got it. We got um, a guest calling in real quick here. So great. Go ahead, uh, producer. Who do we have in there? Who do we have? Do I have a caller in? Good morning. Is this Molly Cook? This is she. How are you doing, Gilbert? Molly, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for asking. Well, you have me and Mr. Eduardo Luis Pastora. He he is a leading entrepreneur in El Salvador and we're going through what's going on in El Salvador and and but I wanted to talk to you because and I thank you for calling in you had mentioned to me that you might call in and that's so wonderful you are an ER nurse right that's correct well let me ask you this I mean you probably have seen it all what what, what is all this COVID I've talked about to our listeners and you're on KWWJ here which is keep walking with Jesus and we broadcast both on AM and FM 1360 and 96.9 every Monday, of course. I just told our listeners what COVID was like for me. What do you see there in the ER with COVID? It's just miserable for people. And it really is, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about it's an exacerbation of existing issues. And it really puts a fine point on sort of the haves and have nots 
in our healthcare system. So it's it's been really hard on people. Are you, Eduardo, are you still there? I can't tell if you're still there. Maybe you're not. Eduardo told us that in El Salvador, they're about, was it 75%, uh, Sarah? Sarah's my uh, Ed McMahon today. 72%. 72% of the country's population is vaccinated. What do you mm-hmm. see here, Molly, from your anecdotal living there? Are people vaccinated? They're not vaccinated? What's happening? You know, it's hard to tell just just by my own sample size, but what I can say is the folks who are vaccinated are doing better. They just work. Even if you have a breakthrough case of of a different variant or something, the vaccine just plain works. We really want people to get them. Awesome. Well, let me ask you this. Now, how I first met you is from the whole I-45 issue. What's going on with that issue? As someone, look, I love Houston. I'm a neighborhood guy. I don't know enough about that issue. Uh, Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, so super briefly, TxDOT wants to widen I-45 from downtown all the way to Beltway 8, which will displace over a 1,000 homes and will decrease the amount of green space, make air quality worse, etc. And right now, Harris County is actually in the middle of a lawsuit, and they're trying to negotiate with TxDOT while the U.S. Department of Transportation is investigating claims of civil rights violations that have been submitted by residents and advocacy groups in the area. Well, let me ask you this. You know, TxDOT is just one of those gigantic, when you hear TxDOT, it's like TxDOT. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, it's, it's almost like they're just, I mean, who's on the other side of that screen, right? So how are you all working with it? And, and are we going to get any progress? And what can we do about those thousand homes? And how can we um, minimize all of that pain? Yeah, so the group that, the body that really controls TxDOT is called the Texas Transportation Commission. They meet monthly in Austin. You have to go in person to give comments, um, but that is one way to engage. And then the Houston-Galveston Area Council, Transportation Policy Council for our region is the body that kind of controls stuff. So those are the two places you can give comments or interact with decision makers. And then if you are feeling that, you know, the project is going to harm you in some way, then you also have the option to submit what's called a Title VI complaint, which is where you basically say, hey, this federal money is being used in a way that discriminates against people based on race, um, nation of origin, language of origin, things like that. And of course, this always happens, right? But but you correct me. Is this going to displace primarily people of color? Absolutely. So the same people who were mowed over for the original building are the same people who are facing displacement this time. And that's primarily African-American and, of course, probably Hispanic now with some of the Hispanic growth. Is that correct? Absolutely. And one person that I'm actually thinking of, his father was displaced by I-10. And now he and his family are looking at displacement from 45. So it's very much a general generational issue for folks. And the whole point becomes in this city is what are we doing for moderate income housing? You know, you turn around and some, you know, I was in the paper, I was criticizing, uh, you know, who am I to do this? But I was criticizing the Federal Reserve because they talk about all these numbers and all oh, inflation is 5%, 6% and they acting like it's no big deal when they don't realize that we got to eat. People got to eat. They right. got to pay for their home. Right. And when inflation is going, maybe it's 5 or 6%. But when you break down the components, food has been going up almost 30 and 40% in these yeah. other areas. What can we do to make sure people can afford to live in their neighborhoods and that their kids can afford to uh, to live in their neighborhoods? Is there something we can do? 
You know, I'm so glad you say that because you really can't talk about housing without talking about transportation, without talking about economic and urban development. So taking a really holistic approach to all of this. And then we believe, I believe in bottom up planning. So that means you start with the communities that are most affected, that are facing challenges, and you start the planning, whether it's policy program or project development at the lowest possible level centering the people most affected and honestly rethinking our development paradigms could really assist in increasing affordable housing and and making our state livable for everyone well i understand you have big news in your life can i say the big news in your life oh i'm sorry gilbert it cut out what'd you say I, I understand there's big news in your life. Yes, I am very excited about it. <laughs> Can I, do, do I say your big news or are you going to say your big news? I'm, I mean, it's big. Go ahead. You say uh, it. Yeah, I'll say it. I'm Molly Cook. I'm an ER nurse and community organizer, and I'm running for Texas Senate District 15. Now, let, let me ask you this. Did you ever dream when you were you know, a young where, – where did you go to high school? I went to the high school at College Park out in the Woodlands. Okay, did you ever think – Someday I'm going to run for office. You know, it's something I had thought about, but really at that time my dream was to be um, actually a harpist or a nurse, either one. So uh, it kind of it's come on later the more I've learned. Let's see, harpist, nurse, harpist, nurse. I think nurse, you know, I, I think you made the right choice, although a harp is beautiful. <laughs> a harp is beautiful. So, so then what motivated you? So when did you get, I don't want to say bit by the bug, but you said, you know what, I'm going to run. Yeah, I'm just really sick and tired of watching my patients in the ER suffer because our state government lacks compassion and usually for those who need it most. And um, when I heard that my current representation had announced he's running for Houston mayor, I thought, you know what, that's not right. I'm jumping in. Good for you. And how? But the mayor's race isn't for a while, right? I mean, when is that? It'll be during the 88th ledge session in 2023. But the Senate race is coming up this year, right? Yes, actually, the last day to register is January 31st. Early voting starts Valentine's Day, and then the Democratic primaries will be March 1st. That reminds me of someone saying, well, you know what? I'm going to be, be playing in the Super Bowl when they've got another game left in the season and they got to go through the playoffs when they're already thinking Super Bowl. And that's always the demise of good teams because you just got to take it game by game and you just got to take it issue by issue. And you got to have transparency with the voters, in my view. Yep. Stay, stay singularly focused. Don't get distracted and, and keep yourself out of it. Focus on the people in the district. What? Tell us about your district. So the district is, if you had to sort of, and I'm sure with all the redistricting, who really knows where this district's going to be? But at the end of the day, where do you think it kind of is? I mean, give us a general idea of, you know, it goes from here to here and so forth. Give us, yeah. give us your best idea. Absolutely. So it starts on the now newly added. It starts on the southwest side of town with kind of the Bel Air, Myerland, uh, West Jewish area. It goes up through Montrose and all of the Heights and Spring Branch and Oak Forest over across the airport and Humble and then down on the east side as well, uh, mostly outside the loop, uh, the Beltway in that area. So um, and there's a lot of engagement across the whole district. People people are voters in this district. So it's very exciting. We'll get to really engage with a lot of people across a big area and so what do you think happens here at the top of the ticket i mean with, with beto o'rourke i mean let's pretend he gets in and let's just say he gets the democratic nomination do you think that's going to just be an incredible turnout 
I would hope so. You know, I myself gave quite a bit of time for volunteered for Beto um, in 2018. So I'm really excited to see him back in the race. And he has my full support for sure. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, Molly, I thank you for being on this call. I'm going to give you the last word, and I want you to come on the show. We'll have you as a guest for the whole show one time here uh, soon. But I'm going to give you the last word. Go ahead. Well, thank you so much, Gilbert. It's my pleasure to be on here, and I just want people to know that, you know, if you put me in the Texas Senate, I'm going to fight for all of us, and it'll be my duty and my honor. Uh, amen. Molly Cook, thank you very much. Molly Cook, candidate for Texas Senate. And you know what? I tell you what, I like the fight in those words. Uh, I like the passion, and I like the concept of staying focused, representing the district. So I think that is awesome. Eduardo, are you there? Yes, I am, Gilbert. Oh, wonderful. So welcome back, Eduardo. We just had a lady, uh, a young lady who is a candidate for state senate here. So oh, I don't know if you right. heard any of that. I did, I did, I did, yes. Okay, wonderful. She's an ER nurse, and she talked about... Um, you know, COVID and what it means to her. And producer, whenever we get another call in, just let me know. And so let me ask you this, Eduardo, talk about your family business. So y'all are in uh, sort of sort of retails, groceries, as well as oil and gas, energy. Am I correct? Yes, that's right. Uh, we have an investment company that specializes in those three sectors, retail with convenience stores and different restaurants around the country um so we, we our main brand is crossroads which is a mini market uh, especially in the inside of the country we started in the capital but we are expanding abroad um so that was one of the main sectors in the retail uh, aspect after that we have restaurants as well uh, around uh, the country and we manage franchises such as subway and other national franchises and uh, in the energy sector what we do is we have associated ourselves with puma puma energy puma energy is a part of a swiss company called trafigura which is a, a big fossil fuel company along with glencore and all and all those around the world so we associate themselves with, with them 15 years ago and now we are the biggest operators of Puma in El Salvador. So the oil industry is our business call, what we do uh, our, our every day. So let me ask this. How are energy prices affecting you? I mean, what's, what's a gallon of gasoline now in El Salvador? Well, right now it's around $3.86 a gallon of, of, of oil. And um, it has affected us because we are dependent. You know, we are a important country. So, the, but we, the, the one of the things is we get our oil from the U.S. So, West, West WTI, you know, Western Intermediate in Texas uh, oil is our reference price. So, if that fluctuates, then that will affect El Salvador. Right in the last few months, there has been a lot of increase in in the in the prices of, of oil and uh, that has affected energy prices not as so much as we thought that is going to be affected because it only affects um the oil industry but it some but if that affects other parts of the economy you know as the cost of living well stay with me eduardo uh we have another call there producer and again tell me as we get him ah pastor uh 
Pastor Cummins, are you there? Let's send in Pastor Cummins. One thing that we always do is we have a prayer for Houston because this is called Talk, Inspiration, and Prayer. So we have Pastor Cummins. Pastor, is that you there? I am here, uh, Mr. Gilbert. Thank you, sir. Mr. Gar, you doing okay? I'm doing well. You also have with us Mr. Eduardo Luis Pastora, who is a very successful entrepreneur. He and his family in El Salvador. We're talking a little bit about COVID, energy prices, things of that nature. But I really wanted to get back to the basics, which is, you know, I'm a blessed man because the Lord woke me up today and I have air in my lungs. COVID is in the rearview mirror. And, you know, I just want to give thanks. And so, Pastor, I know that you've just opened up. Is that right? Is that the right word? Opened up, but you started a new church. Is that correct? That is correct. We, um, so, Victory International Church, uh, we're located in um, North Houston on uh, Airline and uh, Rittenhouse. And and true, it is a new ministry. And you know, our goal is just to be a blessing to the community. You know, I had the pleasure to visit your church. As you know, it is beautiful. And it is big, Pastor. I mean, it's big. It's beautiful. It's got incredible woodwork. Uh, I just can't wait as you in a couple of years, you know, when this thing is packed and we're through the pandemic and everyone can come. I think it's going to be amazing. But I also have the ability to participate in some turkey giveaways there at the church. And so I'm very grateful that you allowed me to work with your team. Talk about that. What are some of the things that you've done there with the church already? Yeah. And first of all, let me thank you for your support. Uh, because you were instrumental, very instrumental in making that happen. And so we thank you and your family for coming out and fellowshipping with us. But yeah, on that day, I believe we gave away nearly 600 turkeys, which, you know, is a blessing. And that's what we want to do. We want to be a blessing uh, to those individuals in the community. Not only did we do the turkeys, but we also um, were able to partner with several other schools in the areas. And we uh, collected and distributed toys uh, to those individuals and just to see the tears come to not only the children but the families uh, to see the tears and happiness come from them because they were so appreciative for what the ministry is able to do is what we want to do we, we just want to be a, a, a blessing uh, to those individuals again who are in the community and we thank individuals like yourself for supporting us and um, giving us the support we need to be able to bless the community well, you know what they say to to those where much is given, much is expected. Or I, I don't know if that's from the Bible or if it's from Spider Man. Or or at the end of the day, it's 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 one of those things that you know it, it's great. And so I had a blast. And I will tell you, Pastor, people are still hurting in Houston. Yes. And, and when you do one of these things and you see people wait hours and hours for food or for turkey that's how you know and i had so many people tell me because i was one of those that was given the turkeys with my son and my daughter um so many said mr garcia they were so nice to say mr garcia right because i'm just gilbert mr garcia is my father but they said you know mr garcia you we're now going to be able to celebrate christmas because of this and i i just brought almost came to tears pastor well we believe that um the work of the church should not be within the four walls, but out in the community. And that is where we're going to do the majority of our work. You can minister inside of the church, definitely, but you must, you absolutely must minister outside of the church. Uh, because as you just mentioned, people are hurting. Uh, we're going to be in this situation for a while. I just heard you mention uh, inflation 
and how just to be able to to afford some of the basic necessities is is tough and it's difficult and it's going to become more difficult. So it is even more important now that churches who are able uh, go out into the community and do what they can to support their neighbors. Well, Pastor, let me tell you this now. You have a very famous name, as you know. I do. You I do. do. I do. I do. But, but I here's do. the thing. Yeah. But here's the thing. Um, your father, you know, some people know him as this incredible labor leader. Right. But what? But what I know him as, man, he can sing. Yeah. Yeah. Your your father can sing, and he's part of a group that travels around and and sings the word of of God, doesn't he? He does. He does. You know, it's it's so funny when I mention my name. Um, People often say, "Are you the singer, or or you with CWA?" You know, that's what they. That's 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 what because they, they can't imagine. They can't imagine that he's the same person. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's almost yeah. like he's in two places at one time, all the time, right? It's like is 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 he Bruce Wayne or is he Batman? Right. Exactly. It's, just, it's like you just don't know. Exactly. Well, well, you know, uh, look, your dad's a prince, and and we all know and love him, but he really can sing. So I don't know, Pastor. I mean, do you have chops like him? No, you know, we'll, uh, <laughs> off, off the air, I'll have to get with you and tell you why I don't think I can sing the way that he can. Uh, the Lord, well, the, the Lord searched my heart when when I was real small and knew that I probably didn't have uh, uh, using my voice to praise him. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> when well, I was let me ask younger, you that, so he didn't well, give I, me that gift. I'm going to ask you to say a prayer for Houston, Pastor. But before we do that, let me ask you this: I always. I'm always, um, I don't know the right word, just amazed, impressed. You know, I mean, it's just, what can I tell you? I I just lose every word I can think of. When I'm around holy people, uh, people of the cloth, was there a moment in your life that you said you got this calling, that the Lord said, Claude, you need to follow me? I mean, at what point did did that happen? Was there a point that you just knew? Or did this evolve with time? No, that was that was that was just the point where I just knew, uh, you know. And I, I joke about people all the time when I I talk to them about hearing the voice of God, and and I say, you know, it sometimes it sounds like Morgan Freeman, sometimes it sounds like James Earl Jones, sometimes it's like you know, <laughs> you, know you know, but yeah. you 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 know when you hear it, and and it's a distinct call. And what I would just encourage people to do is, if you know that it is God calling you to do His work, because as you know, it's not always you know that you preach, it's not always that you teach, it's not always that you sing. It could be that you serve in the community like you do. Uh, heed the call. Uh, God doesn't make any mistakes. When He calls you to do His work, uh, He called the right person. Uh, so just do what he's asking you to do, and it's going to work out just fine for you. There you go. And you know what? You can't put your phone on silent when he calls. You cannot. And, and, and you can't be like, you know, like sometimes my, my wife will say that my daughter, she doesn't answer her phone. Well, yeah. listen, when God calls, you answer that phone. You answer the call. Because, because he's going to keep calling. You well, let me ask phone. you this. Well, Pastor, listen, you are such a wonderful inspiration to me. Um, I would be thrilled if you would say a prayer for Houston. These are... I don't want to say difficult times, but you know what, Pastor? They're difficult times. They are. And, and these are trying times. Yes. And, and these are times when you, it's so easy to doubt your yes. faith. Yes. It's so easy to get mad. 
it, it's just so easy. And help us through that, Pastor. So please, would you say a prayer for us? But before I pray, let me say this. Uh, I, if you don't mind, I want to reiterate something you said earlier when you let us know that you came down with COVID um, and that you missed Christmas and you missed your son's birthday. But because you were vaccinated, although you suffered some discomfort, you you will live to have another Christmas and live to have another birthday. And that's because you were vaccinated. So for those who are listening, please get vaccinated because you can still get uh, COVID, although you have been fully vaccinated, but you live and you survive. So, again, I just want to place upon everybody's heart. If you have not been vaccinated, please consider getting vaccinated. I thought it was awesome to hear the young man from El Salvador say that 70 percent of the individuals were vaccinated. That's amazing. I think here in Texas, we're at 40. I believe. Can you imagine that, Pastor? I believe. So that's 72 percent in El Salvador. And here we are at, at just barely half, a yeah. little more than half. So that. I think that's amazing. So let, let, let us go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we come God saying, First of all, God, we have to thank you for uh, for your goodness, your grace and your mercy. Uh, and that's not to say that we uh, are not struggling and we're not having uh, heartaches and we're not having troubles and, and that we're not facing COVID. But what we are saying is that through it all, God, you have been good. And so we thank you uh, for protecting us. We thank you for keeping us. We thank you, God, for bringing us through 2021. There were some trying times. Uh, but God, again, because of your grace and your mercy, we were able to make it. And so we say thank you. As we go into this new year, God, we ask that for those who are who are doubting, for those who are struggling in their faith, for those who are uh, just facing issues that many of us cannot comprehend. God, we ask that you would press upon them uh, to stay faithful, to trust you uh, as we go into again this new year. Believing and knowing that if you brought us through 2021, then you are more than capable of keeping us through 2022. So, again, we say thank you, God, for all of the blessings that you are going to bestow upon us. Uh, and again, God, we just ask that you would 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 keep us uh, safe and protect us. And we are just so excited about what you're going to do in 2022. So, again, we say thank you in your son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Pastor, that was a fantastic prayer, and I thank you for your kind words. And we're going to have you back because I want to hear more about the church. Anytime. So that was, again, Pastor Cummins the third, and he is a gentleman, and uh, please go to his church. It's going to be fantastic. Anyway. So I'm going back now. Thank you, thank Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. We're going back to Mr. Eduardo Luis Pastora. But do we have another caller there, producer? I think we do. Meanwhile... Uh, you heard that, so Eduardo, you you heard where he said you're 72 percent, and here we here are, we are. Texas. I'm getting some feedback there, producer, and here we are at roughly you know half that. Isn't that amazing? I know, I know. That that's what I, why what I was saying that the government started early campaign, um, informing people, and I think main what the main issue right now has been misinformation of how of what the vaccines might create with you and here they're being straightforward let me ask you this do you have all the here in the u.s there's all kinds of this misinformation on the internet is that the same in el salvador it's not as big as in the u.s i mean i mean people are some people are scared of 
the vaccines because of all the misinformation that you get. But I think the benefits outweigh the costs of getting vaccinated, as you no. as as Pastor Common said, and and you are an example as well, Gilbert. I mean, you had your two doses and you had a booster, and now yep. you are here. You and you got COVID, and you're here. So yep. I think I think I I should say that everyone that can get vaccinated should get vaccinated. Well, Gerardo, stay with me. We have Miss um, Teresa Brewer. Teresa, are you there? Producer, let's let uh, Miss Miss Brewer. Are you on the on the phone? Yes. We have Miss Teresa Brewer on the phone, ladies and gentlemen, here in Houston. And again, she is the head of the Black Heritage Society, and they are doing the incredible Martin Luther King parade. But it's it's much more than a parade. It's an entire celebration. Uh, and of course, Martin Luther King is one of the greatest heroes of the planet, not just an American hero, but a, a world hero, a man of faith, principle, and peace. Teresa, you want to give Houston those um, all the details real quick for us? Yes, I'll do my best. And thank you for allowing us to uh, jump in and give the public more information about the uh, celebration that we're going to be having this January starting from the 15th to the 17th. And again, uh, we invite the uh, city of Houston and the community to join us in this celebration of Dr. King's legacy, his life, his legacy, and the principles and values that he represented. So that again, that's going to be January the 15th. We're going to be having the uh, what we call the banquet is a Hall of Fame induction and awards banquet. It will be held at the uh, Buffalo Soldiers, so we invite the public. We do have tickets available as we speak. On the 16th, we're going to be having the Martin Luther King Gospel Extravaganza, and that's going to be at Greenhouse International. The Black Heritage Society has partnered with the city of Houston for the downtown parade. That's going to be Smith and Lamar Street. Again, that's going to be on January the 17th, starting at 10 a.m. Immediately following the parade, we're going to, Black Heritage Society is uh, once again going to have a festival, which is really going to be right there in front of the, uh, let's see, the City Hall at that Herman Park Square. So we're inviting all of Houston to come out. And what's so interesting about this uh, parade uh, for 2022, we have our wonderful uh, grand co-grand marshals, and uh, we're so excited about them. We do have a surprise grand marshal. We're going to be unveiling our surprise grand parade grand marshal this January the 5th. But our co-grand marshal, we have three, uh, Mr. Clark Cummings, Jr., He's our regional vice president with Communication Workers of America. We have Gilbert Andrew Garcia, managing partner of him. Garcia Hamilton and Associates. Yay, I heard of him. And Al Kassani, president of Horizon United. We're just so excited about this. And we, again, we invite all of Houston to come out. Well, the most incredible thing, too, is, I. first of all, it's an incredible honor for me, my family, for my firm. 
And, you know, this has been going on, Houston, for 44 years. Yes. So this this is the real deal, as they say. Well, Teresa, I'm going to be talking about it every episode between now and uh, and the great festivities. So thank you very much for calling in. And, again, Eduardo Luis Pastora, I'm afraid we're at that moment. There was an old show by Carol Burnett, and at the end of the show, she'd sing this song, I'm so glad we had this time together, because... 45 minutes has already passed. So please give your family our best. I'll have you back on. And congratulations to what's everything that's going on in El Salvador. Please invite me back. I want to come back. Houston, this is that song, Times of Your Life by Paul Anka. Luis, stay with me. Time has slipped away And suddenly it's hard to find The memories you left behind Remember, do you remember The laughter and the tears The shadows of misty yesteryears Times and the bad you've seen And all the others in between Remember, do you remember The times of your life? Reach back for the joy and the sorrow Put them away in your mind All right, Houston and Facebook, I think we're now off the air. And what we do, Eduardo, is we we on the radio, and then I always have about five minutes here on social media, Facebook and the like and everything else. I really want to thank you for the hospitality that y'all showed me when I was in El Salvador. I couldn't believe, I felt like I, felt like I was with family. <laughs> I mean, it was that wonderful. And your family opened up your home to me and some others. And you have a beautiful home and a beautiful family. I just want to give you the last word. If, if, if you could just, you know, say something with pride about your country to us and give us a lesson that's a world lesson for all of us. Uh, the mic is yours, my friend. Well, thank you very much, Gilbert, to see you again. I mean, it was wonderful to have you at our house. And um, what I would say is that El Salvador is a small country and uh, 
and it has been it has not been seen with good eyes over the few, over the last few years but now that is changing uh, and that is what and you have the opportunity to come and you you saw for yourself that many things have changed and uh, what I would invite is anyone from the US from Houston many parts of the world that they either want to see for themselves while Salvador has changed should come and uh, we are a small country but we are fighters we have never given up and I think that's the lesson of every Salvadorian and that, that if you put your mind into something then you will succeed I mean Salvadorians have have experienced a lot of tragedies a civil war you know um, hurricanes earthquakes a lot of disasters but it always they always um, have risen from the ashes and I think right now El Salvador is in the spotlight of international attention and anyone that come will feel welcome because we like people to experience that familiarity that you felt when you were here so everyone is welcome to come amen well listen we thank you give i'm giving you a, a hug over cyberspace give it to your family <laughs> we'll see you when i come back to el salvador because i'm coming back and thank you for being on the air and we'll see you soon facebook houston we'll see you next week monday as we always are 11 to 11 45 a tip from gilbert talk inspiration and prayer tuning off see you next time Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then.